0: Christmas starts team on the 25th of December not the 25th of November and that's why it's the 13th of December and we're still going and the reason why is I don't know about you Pete Matthews but I've I got a sense from some real estate agents that they went in a Christmas mode a couple of weeks ago am I am I seeing it that way well, what are you seeing
1: yeah, I think so. I think there's some Tom that have probably gone into that. I don't know about uh, about you, but it seemed like Christmas decorations came out earlier this year than than I can remember. But then my wife did remind me, you know, like really, it's the first week of December that it all happens. But I don't know. No, it does feel a little bit like there's been people wanting to see the end of the the year a little bit sooner than than they should have. I think. Yeah. Well, what a,
0: what a year it's been for a real tear, you know. And I just had I had other clients that told me. Uh, the other day, they're uh, they're on with one of the other providers, and they said every time we come on, we just get envious. Our agreement ends with the other provider in um, in February, which I wasn't even aware that some of the other providers they've got long term. Con- is that is that is that the way it works, Pete? Like um, um, yeah.
1: normally, I mean, some contracts we we've got um, sort of annual contracts depending upon what people take, but there's some that are longer. I've heard of some with two year contracts, which two years a long time in tech. Um, I can tell you, one year's a long time in tech, but uh, two years is, a, is an eternity.
0: Yeah, we ran through a business. We ran through a business plan session, and we had a guest for the real estate gym being Manos Findakakis from um, Hi. um, his new, or well, you know who they are, agent. The agent is uh, used to be EVU, right? Yeah, um, great business. And um, mate, uh, he went off to say in the during the business planning session um, that. Uh, one of their number one tools for their group, and they've got 450 agents there now, Pete, one of the number one tools um, for getting listings is the nurturing of their pipeline and the using the realtor updated reports, giving people um, surrounding sales on a quarterly basis. It is um, one of their key strategies. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I think if I, I think if you're not doing that at the moment, you're not in the game for being on the shopping list when someone wants to put their property on the market. I mean, do you honestly expect you're going to walk into a listing presentation with with no relationship, and in one hour, you're going to be able to beat someone who has spent one or two years? nurturing that person, sending them a comprehensive document on a quarterly basis, um, who has got the unfair advantage at the listing presentation, you know?
1: Yeah, well, it's not a property game, right? What's that? It's not a property game. It's a relationship game. Property just happens to be the the product that we work with, but it's a relationship game. Um, And and what what I think has been really great this year for us is just being able to update. And innovate pitch where um, we've done a series of pilots with offices, Tom, where a lot of feedback we got, which which has been great around pitch, has been able to, can we schedule a price update? And we've actually just launched that. um, So new customers and existing customers will have access to that in the new year. Um, And that just means that instead of having to think in three months' time, I'll go and send another price update or six months' time, whatever it might be, you can actually schedule that, and it'll pop up in your email, and you can just review it, send it, done. So what used to take about five minutes will take about thirty seconds,
0: and that's good. So you, I can see you're you're bringing a lot of the functionality that a lot of these like like your Facebooks are. I mean, Facebook recently introduced, you know, post scheduling. You know, you're you're going off and you're finding out what the the real big tech companies are doing, which they do their own research and they understand how consumers, their customer wants to work. But today, um, Pete, it's a little bit of a, it's a summary. We're going to give a prize away at the end. We've got uh, a voucher at, um, I think at Westfield that we're going to give away. We're going to give it away on this uh, webinar. Um, and Susan's in the background. She'll tell us the the methodology to actually um, uh, work out who that winner is. But but, Pete, you know, um, one of the great brains of real estate in Australia, we were just talking off air about you seeing a reel uh, from about a decade ago. But, Pete, I remember you used to walk in when George Nikos and I owned um, an office in the Inner West, a Ray Wyatt office. So I still remember the day you came in, you'd been looking for a – I don't know why I remember this. I don't know why this detail is 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 sketched in my brain. It's not going to help me in any way. But you'd gone looking for a bed, the day. Oh, right. Right.
1: Actually, do you know, do you know what that might've been Tom? That might've been um, that. I think I was buying a bed for my, um, she was my girlfriend at the time um, as a, as a birthday present. And now my wife of 25 years, but um, I think actually that's what it was. When I think back now, I haven't bought too many beds when I think about it, but that was, that was one of the moments I think.
0: So you've heard it here. I've, I've heard, I've heard of a lot. of I've heard of a lot of presents, but the boyfriend buying the girlfriend a bed—what well, a what a strategic <laughs> play! What
1: a play that was. So I'm, I know there's that it's it's an obvious conclusion to draw, but it was uh, it was a necessary daily item that was required. So I thought it was my position to be able to assist with uh, with that with that need, and if there was any benefit that came from that, it certainly wasn't my intention. Heard it, heard How'd it? that go? Did that that's come across okay? No, I so.
0: no. I mean, look, I, I mean, I remember at the time you didn't say it in a, you didn't say it in any sort of a conniving way. You came in, oh hey you've been, yeah, I've been under the pump. I've been I've just had to buy this bed. And I thought <laughs> to myself, yeah, okay, you know. Uh, and um, well, so that's the background to it. Now, Pete, biggest threats to real estate agents, you know, this morning I wake up to find out. A buyer and a high profile buyer, a high profile buyer has been, I don't know if you're aware of it, they got done and lost seven hundred and fifty thousand bucks by a scammer, mm.
1: convinced them
0: to transfer the deposit. This, 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 this is in today's press.
1: Yeah, it's not uncommon, Tom. Um, you know, the thing about it is that you um, w- we did uh, the roadshow this year with the REI, so I got to um, uh, you know do a presentation as the president and all that kind of stuff. But I also delivered the CPD component of of part of that, and and that was around cybercrime. And you know, the the great team at the REI put it together. Aaron Barber put a great presentation together. And when I was delivering that, every time I delivered it, I got a little bit more nervous about the industry because even if we you know, we've got, you know, so many, we carry so much money. We've got this, you know, we we carry this cash in our rental trust and our sales trust. Um, we've got very little um, protection because really, let's face it, you know, these cyber criminals are smarter than most. We're a bunch of small businesses and small business people, and we don't have a massive budget for cybersecurity. So we are a, a a pretty obvious target. But where there are actually people losing money is the fact that their customers are being defrauded of money, and that's you now an obligation that we can assist with just by simply having the right processes in place. Um, and unfortunately, some of those processes, and I can even tell you after doing all the roadshows where we did surveys of those, eighty-two percent Tom of uh, emails, agent emails across New South Wales from those roadshows had uh, been found in a breached password list. Eighty-two percent, which is huge. So you think about that underlying risk that sits there. Um, it worries me greatly. And a lot of things that we're looking at uh, in relation to what we do from a tech perspective is look at ways that we can sort of take some of that responsibility if that uh, consumer protection away from agents and give them the tools so that they can actually provide that protection to their customers. Pete, if you're a real tech client, how much
0: more protection do you think you have in cyber crime versus not being a real tech client, how much level of protection does it give you?
1: I mean, I, I kind of so without advertising against all of this, but we are let's be face let's face it. But I think the thing about it is, if you look at it this way, you've got to, you've got communication which has got to be in writing. Most of that communication comes via email. Um, that then sits on an email server somewhere, and it sits in the, in the business's premise. And there's been lots of businesses that have had their servers taken over. There's a lot of ransomware that's been done there. Um, that, so those those servers carry that those bank account details as, as an example. Even if it is that you receive it via email, you then do a telephone call to follow up um, in getting the vendor bank account details correct, and that can be easily intercepted if somebody's taps on a bit of ransomware that they don't or sorry uh, malware that they don't even know about. And it could be sitting there dormant on the server. So what what we've done is is that in the we've got a process in in real test cell um, called deposits where effectively we can um, manage the deposit with just two clicks from an agent to be able to then securely and encrypted receive that, those um, those deposit funds and have it land directly in the agent's trust account. We do all the communication so everybody knows it's landed there, particularly once it's cleared. But we do the, exactly the same thing. And I think it's even almost as almost more important in some ways that you've just... You've created this relationship that we were just talking about before. You've nurtured this customer. You've 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 created a relationship of trust. You've then marketed the property. You've introduced a buyer. You've negotiated a sale. You've got the deal done. You go through the settlement process, and then you end up transferring the funds to somebody else. Well, with Realty Deposits, we do exactly the same process in reverse. Where instead of having a, a buyer receive an encrypted um, link, we actually send it to the vendor they then uh, 2 factor authenticate on their phone, and then they put in their vendor bank account details. That comes through back to the person responsible within the business, and they enter the details directly into their banking system and do the transfer. So that, that's a much more secure way than even currently what has been done today by most businesses, where it's just simply email and then a confirmation call. Um, and particularly bigger businesses are at threat because it's not what listings you've done this year that are sitting on your server. It's every listing that you've managed. Um, and cyber criminals are very patient. There's some great podcasts I'd recommend people listen to. The Lazarus Heist is one of them, where patience has paid off for hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, and it's the thing that lies dormant that worries me the most about our industry.
0: Pete, I, I can tell you, if I mean, I know how hard, I, I see the stock levels. I mean, this time last year, there was twice as many auctions in Sydney as what there was last Saturday, and the same with Melbourne listings are so hard to come by. I mean, if I was a real client, I would sit there at a listing presentation. I'd actually bring up the article and say, Mr. and Mrs. Vandal, I want to let you know that one of the things that you should be aware of is this is happening right now, right? And what I want to let you know is we have decided to take steps to ensure that you're safe. This is what we do. I would actually use it as part of your unique selling proposition to win a listing.
1: Yeah hundred percent. I mean, you, you can imagine, so we, we've got customers, Tom, you, you, you'd you certainly know of who are actually doing exactly that, that are using that listing presentation, taking it a step further though, where they're actually um, charging customers a digital transaction fee. So saying that, you know, drawing attention to that fee rather than, you know, trying to kind of put something on a budget and not really talk too much about it, but talking about it to say that number one, we can manage all your offers. Number two, we can, we can quickly execute a contract because it all is it all done digitally and most importantly we can securely receipt the deposit into our trust account but most importantly on settlement of sale we can ensure the security and receipt of that um of that deposit and the best thing about all of this is if you if you're a platform customer you can see everything about everything that's transacted um on that uh, on that property from when you pitched it to when you actually exchanged it and settled it all of that's recorded there so from a, even from a um i guess a, a regulatory point of view to be able if there was ever any issue Everything is nominated, date stamped and time stamped um, within the platform as well. And it's that kind of stuff, Tom, that the thing that, that makes me really excited about what we're able to, to do, like is, like you and I, we're, we've been in the industry for such a long time. I don't know anything else, but I just look at ways that we can just make that experience better, that, particularly that consumer experience. You know, as agents, I think we've got to get far more focused on ensuring that we provide a better experience for our customers, and we move from, you know, sort of being third from the bottom of the ethics list to being much further up the chain, um, which I think we're unfairly treated, but, you know, we don't always, um, you know, sort of demonstrate the great work that we can do and demonstrate things like we were just speaking about where it is focused on ensuring that the consumer is protected.
0: Now, Pete, I'm just looking at some of the results that have come through on this poll um, the question is, what will be the biggest threat to agents in two thousand and twenty-three? Losing listings twenty-one percent, market conditions five percent, cyber crime twenty-one percent. But the big one is unable to unable to adapt, Pete. Um, um,
1: oh, do you reckon that's, oh, that's is that a market uh, adapt to the market? Do you think rather than uh, sort of you know, adopt?
0: Uh, oh, well, it's it's hard to tell because the question. No, that's-
1: Something that I uh put on there, I was probably a bit like just unable to adapt in general, like whether if it's tech or um yeah, and, and just um inability to to adjust to new conditions. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's
0: unclear on whether it's 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 from a tech perspective or a market perspective. But I want to put it to you, Pete. I've got to tell you, I think a lot of the time, you know, when I've been talking to agents about, you know, taking on pitch, sign sell, um, becoming this total business uh, that becomes paperless uh, and becomes effective in listing and selling more property by giving you scale and leverage. Everyone loves the concept of, hey, tech is going to make me efficient. They get overwhelmed at the teething period of, I have to change. Am I capable of changing? Will change be hard, right? And it's never about, it's not about cost, which is interesting because a lot of times with products, oh, mate, things are too expensive. It's not about cost. It's about people get scared that they have to change who they are. How hard is it changing and becoming someone that is not signing on glass and is not sending digital uh, pre-list kits? and is not sending digital price updates, and is not actually doing the agency agreement and the trust accounting, how much of a learning period is it, Pete?
1: I think think it starts with, you know, that that statement. I don't know if you've probably heard of this before, but if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always had. And the thing is, is that, you know, I guess it's the desire to change first and foremost. And I think that really, you know, we've seen what we're capable of doing, Tom, when we have to. COVID showed us that, you know, during those, that, that, that basic, that two year period, you know, like I remember when um, I got the call the week off and we had to shut down, we trained over a thousand agents and 300 auctioneers in three days. Um, you know, so it wasn't a case of not being able to change, it was making the decision to change. And that was foisted upon us. So I'd say to any agent that's worried about it, the first thing is, is that I do all the, Evaluate everything before you make a decision, but then make that decision and then back yourself for it. And like anything else, um, you've just got to practice it. The, th- the mistake that I see agents make is that they they go, okay, I'll get it, I'll sign up for the tech, and I'll do that. And then, of course, the first time that they actually do a contract is when they're doing a live one. They don't practice, they don't spend time, you know, refining their craft. Um, but you know, you'd never go out send a salesperson out to sign a, a prospective seller but never, ever show them how to actually fill out an agency agreement. You'd never Mm. do that as a principal. And I think one of the biggest mistakes is that there's a lack of leadership when when, um, tech is adopted. And and that's generally at a principal level because they might abdicate that to somebody else. Um, And the other part of that too, I think, is that, you know, in that leadership um, decision-making process, I read an article and the headline was, is that you need to treat tech like a staff member. Um, tech doesn't get treated like a staff member. If it did, it'd be like a staff member of the old days, probably when you and I started, right? Where you get chucked the listing kit and say, right, oh, there's your desk, go for it. And you don't really get told what to do. Well, today, that's not the case. Nobody would put on a resource and and not go through an onboarding process. No one will put on a resource without doing a proper introduction and working out where that resource fits inside of the business and without actually in that um, introduction explaining how that, person's job relates to the success of the business um however with tech it's like oh we've signed up it's done well that's that's not the that's not the that's not the job and if you treat it like a staff member it's ongoing it gets reviewed um it gets taken seriously and and it has leadership it has somebody that has got responsibility for that person and in this case for that tech and i think that's that's where we get things wrong All
0: right. Now, team, I'm letting you know that are watching both on Facebook and on Zoom. We're giving away a $100 voucher to Westfields during this webinar, but you need to type in in the Q&A what they think the future of real estate looks like. So there it is. We're going to pick a winner shortly. In the chat box or on Facebook, can you please type away what do you think the future of real estate looks like? What do you think the future? And Bianca from um, RealTear is going to organise to get that, that voucher across. Thank you, Susan, for putting up there, Peter. To you, let me ask you, mate what What do you think the future of real like, like? Okay, let me make it easier. What new technologies or tools? You've been to the US off the top of my head three times this year or two times.
1: Uh, three times. Three
0: you've been times. to the US three times this year, and um, you and the great news, guys and girls, is that this. This product, John McGrath was telling me we we did million dollar. We do a podcast, and um, it's weird because sometimes we've got conflicting views on things. Um, but you know, he turned around. And he said, "You know, Realtor has been a game changer for the McGrath organization." And we were talking about the fact that um, you know you're you're making inroads into the USA. This product is is so good. Um, but I'd like to put you what new technologies or tools have you found to be the most effective in and helping um serve your real tear clients this year pete
1: yeah well i'd probably say this year we've 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 had a number of things that have been really popular the price updates that you were mentioning earlier um having those um, operating on a on a a consistent cadence for a a sales agent has produced incredible responses like one in ten of those price updates result in an appraisal which which is fantastic in fact i i i I must admit I, I I' I felt no if that first came out it, it smelled a bit too high um but then looking at all the analysis it's exactly right um that I think has probably led to now the fact that there is some hard evidence around prospecting which is really difficult to measure it's been able to be a a, a locked in constant that you can put into a business plan either at a salesperson level or a business level to me I think that the the, the best tool that anyone can have is a plan whether that's a tech plan or a business plan. But a business plan really is just to be able to say, well, I I want to be able to do all of these. I want to have this outcome, and this is how I'm going to get there. It always starts with um, the first thing that you do. And with real estate, as you know, as we were talking about, it's about prospecting. It's about building relationships. So to me, um, I think having the price update and having that directly measured to the success of 1 in 10 is, is critical now that we've also got the feedback around that to be able to innovate that to a position where you can schedule those and have all that data refreshed to the time that you choose to send it in the future. So if I choose three months from now, it's going to be all the data is going to be refreshed. I get an email with five or six, whatever it might be on that day that I've got a review and I can send. That's the sort of stuff that I think every day when we could contemplate what it is that we can do to change our product to enhance the real estate um, agent and consumer experience, it's that removing friction, removing costs, removing inefficiency, reducing time and giving agents more time to spend on the things that they do best. And that's, that's you know, whether it's ear to ear or belly to belly and building relationships and then just utilising the tech to keep that relationship rolling. Um, so that, that's probably the most. Um, Pete, I'm
0: just going to, it's funny you talk about the business planning process. I'm just going to share a screen with me. Here is, we we ran our our, our clients through a business planning process, and one of the key numbers that we care about, um, uh, and we did this with Manos and and Maria, is the magic number, the magic number, which is number of appraisals required. Now, just think about a team. We know we've got a a record of one in 10. So you do 300 digital pre-lists or digital price updates, that's going to equate to roughly 30 appraisals right? You know that that comes from that. Then you might have some from open homes. Then you might have some from your social media. Then you might have some from nurturing your pipeline or your chase list. Then you might have some from expired listings. But all these work in combination, not in isolation. And I can tell you, there's nothing better than knowing that if I sent out 300 reports, I'm getting 30 appraisals, right? Uh, Numbers don't lie. Um, Pete, other questions I want to ask you so so you're saying to me that the, the the price update from pitch was a was was one of the best tools for yeah uh,
1: but I'll, I think probably the 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 one that I'm I'm even more proud of Thomas is, is uh is the deposits um you know realtor sell you know you've got the ability to do um, offer management as well as timed auctions and live auctions which you know we're, we're all passionate about but just particularly around some of the stories that you mentioned earlier, and and the risks that consumers have have got at the at the balance of the transaction, the deposits is probably one of the the key things that I think that we've been able to achieve this year because it's not just about helping agents do their job; it's also got a really strong consumer value proposition, as well as the digital offers. If I'm going to be frank, like looking at that, I mean I, I've been saying even before I was president, one of the things is about you know tran- uh, transactional transparency the reality is is that it's very very hard to get a consistent response when dealing with an individual agent even sometimes in the same office but having a consistent way for buyers to be able to communicate their offers to be able to have that housed in one platform and be able to deal with each of those buyers in exactly the same um, you know transparent way. And if it is really competitive, to be able to make it even more transparent by converting that either to a timed auction or a live auction, um, I think really just improves that whole consumer experience. And next year, that's going to be a major focus for us, is just ensuring that what we do for agents is that there's there's as much value for their consumers as well on the other side of that transaction.
0: I'm just reading some of the comments that are coming up. Craig uh, Missel, and some of these, you know, it's, like they're, they're pretty black and white questions may i ask your view as to why you believe real tear offers better value than um than um than real time oh, i Listen. can easily answer
1: that go to our yeah. website we've done analysis on that so uh Craig, yeah. go and uh have a look at the website i'd love to direct you there
0: okay so the website real tear
1: yes yeah, so real tear.com uh we've done a competitor analysis so you know it's um I won't say that it's not slanted in our favour. Of course, it is, but um, it does do a, a a complete, on our view, analysis of our product compared to our competitors. Um, so, real time is one of those competitors. There's there's several others that that have got parts of what we do. Um, no one that's got the complete platform at this stage.
0: No, and that's 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 the attraction to me is. You're the closest thing to the Apple ecosystem. Everything's connected. You know, it's all, all all there. It's not, you know, you haven't got things clunked on. And there's there's a bit of that. There's a bit of clunk. We've clunked this onto this business here with you guys. No, man, everything works and speaks to each other. So, um, and and by the way, Craig, the way I come up with my views is by talking to clients. And um, clients tell me, Craig, that they love Realtor. Clients that were once with other providers that go to Real Tear tell me it's chalk and cheese. They're ha- so happy to make the decision. And as I was saying to Peter before, there's a bunch of clients that have actually said to me, I'm waiting for my agreement to run out because I've seen and tasted enough of RealTare that I want in, but I'm going to wait for my agreement to run out, 12-month agreement. Um, I'm just reading some of these these comments that are coming here, Pete, you know. Um And that is the future is where an agent. So, Shane, we've asked the question where we think the future of real estate is. What do you think of this, Pete? The future is where an agent doesn't need a scanner or printer, can work from anywhere at any time on any device from appraisal to settlement in one
1: platform. That's a bloody short sentence, but I love it. Is that possible? Is that possible? Of course, that's what we do, Tom. I mean, it feels almost like a loaded statement, but um, yeah, it's exactly what we do. And you know, with that, that's a never-ending. It's a never-ending um, process. I think the thing that that any tech company makes a mistake with is that you think that you're finished. You're never finished. There's no such thing as a a, a full a full serviced uh, technology platform because it is unless it's innovating, it's dead. Um, and once you feel like that you've done the job, then that's when you need to hand the back over to somebody else because it's never finished. There's so much innovation that's happening in, in the prop tech space. And whilst it's a little bit more challenging from a capital market perspective, um, the great thing about going to the US, Tom, just as an, just an aside, um, is that you actually see what they do versus what we do. And there's some tech there that, you know, that we've looked at some of those things that they're doing that we intend to adopt next year. There's also, you know, you know collaborations that we can have with some of those tech platforms where we don't necessarily invest in building those component parts, but we we make them sort of work seamlessly in collaboration with with our platform. And it's it'll, it's those sort of exciting things I think that that I look at sort of the future of real estate being is that it's 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 a continual technological evolution that provides agents with time back to make the decision as to where they spend that um but be able to run their business from anywhere anytime from any device not just one so the
0: big the big thing in the USA and you're the one that brought it up to me first but since then I've sort of looked into it more and spoke to people is this uh, this uh, major court case if you like mm. to describe it as that uh, Pete I think we can't assume that everyone knows What's going on there, and they're across it. Just explain it because it's very interesting. Because it's not just the court case; it's the model in real estate in the US looks like it's moving towards an Australian
1: model. It is, yeah. It's interesting, you know. Like of of all the years that I've been travelling to the US, I feel that we're probably the closest to converging that we ever had before. But the way it works over there is, you know, Tom, you've got um, you've got agents, you've got selling agents and buyers agents, and they they both are paid. In fact. Buyers, um, buyers don't pay buyers agents, and that's the critical thing here. Unlike it is in Australia, where a buyer's agent is paid by the buyer, a seller agent is paid by the seller. A seller will pay a six percent commission. Um, in that commission, um, what it, the selling agent will do is it will basically take that property, and unlike the, the the portals and social media channels that we're finding ways to be able to generate listings, uh, sorry, generate not listings um, inquiries. They pop it into what's called an MLS, a multiple listing service, which is basically like a closed private website where those properties are put in and only members of that MLS can get access to it. So the buyer's agent members access that stock. They then introduce their buyers. They then negotiate the sale with the selling agent. And then once a deal is done, um, that uh, commission is paid to the selling agent, that full 6%, and and 50% of that is paid from the selling agent directly to the buyer's agent. So the buyer pays nothing but the argument is that as the seller is paying essentially for the buyer's agent commission via the selling agent that that is a, a, a direct conflict of interest. Now whilst it, it, it is now at a national level, um, it really does seek to change the fabric of the way that the the industry in the U.S has been traveling for decades where they would become exactly like us. And that's, I guess, where some of the interest in our products came from, not just on, we've had some really, really strong demand on the pitch side, but particularly around real test Sell, where it is about sort of utilising, they don't do a lot of auctions over there, Tom, and I'd love to say that, you know, you and I could wander over there and pick up the gavel and swing a a few. I I will say that most of the interest is in the timed auction and timed sale environment that we have. And they are basically going to remove the whole word "time sale" and just sorry "timed auction," and just call it "time sale," because what they will have to do is to learn how to deal as a selling agent with multiple buyers, be able to do what we do, and that is corral them to an effective date, and encourage them to uh, to bid their best. The difference being, I think, that instead of you know doing that thirty year journey that we have done. They'll they'll pick up where we've we currently are today, and it'll be very much a tech focused um, environment where it'll be a time sale, and that's where I think there's going to be some significant changes.
0: It's funny you talk about uh, time auctions. The local barista was reading the front page of the paper yesterday, telling me about you know you've probably across this about they're going to make it illegal to be doing auctioning of rent of, of properties. Um, um with 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 rents, did you read that story,
1: Pete? Uh, i've I've done some media interviews today already, Tom, around that, and we've got a, just if you don't mind, the area New South Wales has got a webinar just to go through the regulation that we received uh, just later today where we've uh, broken down exactly what that means and the obligations of of agents are. Now, you look at that. I'm to, sorry I have to jump on my political bandwagon here, but we, we agents have been pinpointed here to be doing the wrong thing. Um, when it's a market driven function, we have it's supply and demand, and there's no supply. Um, there is likely to be no great increase in supply because, probably like you, a- as with me, I'm doing heaps of auctions for investors that are looking to get out. And they're getting out of the residential investment market because there's very little incentive to stay because there's further restraints that the, the state government is trying to impose on agents um, a- as well as landlords. And the only thing that's going to happen here is that the, the loser in all of this will be the tenant whom they are trying to protect. And under the guise of affordability and all those sort of bits and pieces, you've got a government that's rushed through legislation, which basically restrains, a uh, attempts to restrain a property manager from actually um, advising another tenant that there's a higher offer. I mean, it is absolutely ludicrous. And I, I don't know what evidence the government has got to go into regulation mode to solve a problem. But really, that they're pointing the finger at the very people that through COVID floods and fires have been absolutely amazing, dedicated, talk about nurturing and empathetic people, property managers have been over that time. And now they're saying, well, look, you guys have been doing the wrong thing because there's there's all this, you know, you're driving up rents. Well, what, have, what has the government done and what are they doing now about supply? And that's where the problem is. There is there's been no clear plan. Um, there is a bit more at a national level today, but at a state level, there's just nothing. And there's no your incentive product, for investors.
0: Your product, your product would lend itself. Well, thinking about it, your product, I mean, um, um just fundamentally, if you think about it, a time rental auction actually well, You, you created,
1: can't do you can't do rental auctions, Tom, it's illegal. It's illegal. You, you illegal. can't do it.
0: Yet, I mean, yet, yet it's very transparent. I was thinking about it. It'd be the it most is. It is. It's a transparent way. So what are they going to do, Pete? You're going, they're to going, to do... People that's going to put a property on, they're just going to increase the rent by 200 bucks. So, and so one, that's the rent.
1: One of the things that I said to uh, one of the news uh, uh, agencies today is to say, well, all of this is now going to say to landlords, well, if, you're going to, if you are going to do anything, well, you can imagine there's going to be landlords that are going to say, well, if I can't, if you can't actually disclose that I've got somebody who's got a higher offer, I'll just put it on for higher and and we'll see what offers we get below it. I mean, it, it's just absurd, and it's just reactionary, you know, policy because politicians have got, you know, the fear that they've done nothing, they've done nothing for five years, and I'm I'm apolitical, Tom, I, I always have been, um, but I just I, I just it just absolutely blows me away some of the decisions that have been made with very, very little thought at all, and and just choosing, you know, to to pick out property managers who have done such an incredible job um, over the last couple of years. It's an industry that is really difficult to attract people to, and now they've just made it even harder. And and they're going to remove transparency in the process for for tenants. So the consumer experience will be worse. So, you know, regulation does not solve problems, and this one certainly is going to create. I'm
0: reading some more of these. Lisa Novak. Um, social media will take over the real estate portals. Wow. And speed will be the new accuracy. Um, Suzanne Rodeo O'Grady, who's a consumer, by the way, I know him as a consumer, he's not in the industry. I think the future of real estate, particularly for agents, is supporting buyers and investors to understand, manage expectations, and structure finances around the long game in which people have a greater amount of skin in the markets and less predictable economic circumstances. David Dyer, high tech in the future will definitely streamline the business, but personal connections will always win the business. But the one that I want to ask your view on, Pete, is I think, the future. This is from an anonymous attendee. I think the future of real estate is about the consumer position. This is not defined by bricks and mortar example, an agent sitting in an office with a client. I think it's about an agent offering a fantastic consumer experience to every buyer and seller from a digital office, i.e. a remote office, which offers flexibility, whether in a client's home or a cafe. The experience needs to be supported by the latest technology, which creates an adaptable environment for the agent. Any comments on that, Pete?
1: Yeah, look, I I'm, I'm in sincere agreement of that. Um, I, I I think that it's when you, it's never really been about bricks and mortar at all. It's it's always been about relationships. So anything that you can do to enhance that relationship is valuable. And if you can use tools that can help you do that, um, technology tools, and you can use those in a in a fashion where it doesn't require you to, you know, have a, a very expensive, you know, corner high street location, then that's valuable. Um, I also think that like you look at, we can take sort of the leaf out of the brokerage market, the mortgage broker market. You don't find that there's, a, there's brokers with, you know, high, high street locations and things like that because... You know, they've got tools that they that, that allow them to operate remotely. Um, agents have got the same thing. And um, I think that you know that that um, whoever that person was that made that statement is very, very true. It's it's all about everything should be focused on as from an agent's perspective. Whatever I do, how do I improve my relationship with the consumer? Is this, is what I'm doing gonna make it better or worse? And if it makes it better, it's worthwhile doing it. Obviously, if it's not, and if it doesn't include transparency, which is what buyers demand. Um then I think we need to be looking at strategies that do.
0: so it's it's interesting, Pete, because one of the things I do on a regular basis is I sit through uh, a second interview with a principal when they're employing staff on Zoom. and I noticed over the last year, I was previously I was focused on two things. Yeah. EQ and work you. never really on IQ, never really on IQ, right? EQ being their emotional, you know, quotient, how they can read the play. The second one was work queue. Is this person got a high work ethic? But now I'm looking at the third one, which is TQ, and the TQ is their technology quotient. I'm looking at will this person come in and think to themselves, I want to do 100 sales a year, Right. For me to do 100 sales a year, I've got to do eight every month. If I'm going to do eight every month, there's going to be a fair bit of workflow and processing. Has this person got the ability to sit through, whether it's agent box or whatever CRM system they're using, the ability to quickly understand how to maximize that? The ability to quickly understand, hey, this is how I'm going to be processing my agreements. This is how I'm going to be getting clients to sign the contracts. This is how I'm going to be nurturing my database. Before I go out to a listing presentation, I'm going to text them this beautiful text message that tells. I'm trying to work out is this person got the ability to grasp that, you know? And um, I just think to myself, it's 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 shifted because um, it. I don't think it was as I don't think it was as important, but you've got a disadvantage now if you have to manually have to try and process like there are people we had a guy on Pete we had a guy that was doing i think close to a million bucks without a without a without an assistant because mm. he was using real tear from a to z i think his guy was from the agency in um in yeah, the North. Maxie. what's yeah. his name
1: max waxwell
0: that's it that's the one yeah.
1: And this, I think uh, you will remember he's got his, his kids are a little bit older. I think at the time they were two, four, six, and eight, four kids. Um, but yeah, look, I think that's right, Tom. I think, but, but also to you know, going back to your point about you know consumers um, and what they expect, Like they they expect that agents will have these tools. They, they don't expect to sign a paper contract. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I've I've actually signed a paper contract as an auctioneer. Um, I really don't. I, I I've the the hard thing is I've got, as you've, you've seen in my preamble, I've got, you know, the fall of the Rosewood Gavel and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's a bit hard when you're holding an iPad. So um, I've had to find other other bits and pieces of things to whack uh, in order to demonstrate that. But it's because everything is online. I mean, I was with an agent um, last Saturday who had a property which, you know, in this market is just, you know, it was was just golden, 25 registered bidders. Uh, It was Catherine Murphy um, from the agency. She, um, 25 registered bidders. There was three people online. And those people had just as much opportunity to bid as the other people that were there on site. Um, But not a brochure, not a contract. Everything was digital. The registration was done digitally. They weren't in a panic registering 25 people in a day because they sent out the links and have the QR code available beforehand, so they could register all those people in advance. So it's that kind of stuff that you look at it and you see that, you know, like that's where you're kind of if you're if you're an agent, you're not utilizing that. You might have a digital check-in, but then you're writing down bids at an auction. It's not a very consistent approach. That's not 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 what a digital agent is. It's somebody who embraces all of that and looks to get better and better. Find more and more technology. Give me, you know, send me messages and tell me it'd be great if Realtor could do this. It'd be great if Realtor could do that. I'd love, I love hearing those things because then that gives us a really, really clear path about what we can do. Feedback from our customers is just so valuable because it's shaped the product that it is today.
0: the great news is, it's being shaped by the customer, but it's also being listened to by not someone that's just come out doing a bachelor of science degree in computer science it's actually yeah there's definitely no kids.
1: chance at that tom
0: no <laughs> you, got, you know your, your place your place is flooded with real estate intel mate you know i look at you know you've got uh, quite a number of people you know from lee woodward to ben matthews and the other boys there that uh, are auctioning they're talking ben, they're
1: ben talking, mitchell's going to be horrified that you said ben matthews um oh sorry ben <laughs> mitchell
0: <laughs> ben hey mitchell. ben ben <laughs> i'm sorry mate there's a bottle of champagne coming up for Christmas, mate.
1: <laughs> Don't basically, worry, basically. So
0: so, so 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 sorry, Ben. So 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 what I was gonna say, um, Pete, in a moment, I'm gonna get you to pick a winner. I'm just gonna give you some and you can pick a sample. Uh, but I'm just having a look. Everyone, Susan there in the chat box. She's actually put down realtearcom forward slash Tom Panos forward slash. If you haven't got on board. 2023 starts today. You get up. So I want you to come back to work, let go of the handbrake and start moving straight into work. Not looking for, oh, what am I going to do? Set yourself up for success now. Um, 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 So let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's have a look, Pete. Now, I'm going to go to the chat here. Now, um, um, what do you like here? Uh, I think the future of real estate Uh, That was the anonymous one, which you said you agreed with. Uh, Then there was another one here, which I thought that you, uh, um, the future of real estate is where an agent doesn't need a scanner or a printer. Uh,
1: Do you know the one I like there, Tom, is uh, the future of real estate, um, the winners will be those who use technology to simplify their processes but realise the value is, is being human with high EQ combined with tech and this will create absolute weapons. Um, I'm not sure about the weapon part. It sounds like it being weaponized, but uh, to me, I think that's a... Who, 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 who is that from Penny? It is from Penny. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, so Penny, we look like we have a winner. So Penny Vanden Hurk, if you Vanden Hurk, I think it is uh, V A N D R. What did you think it was, Pete?
1: Vanden Herc,
0: I think that's isn't the it? one. That's the one. Penny, winners are grinners. A hundred bucks, Westfield. Go use it at JB Hi-Fi. That'll be in line with what we're talking about. Instead of um, <laughs> Woolies,
1: right? Well, if uh, if if Penny doesn't actually have uh, any realty tools, well, maybe we could put it towards um, a subscription. I'd be happy. Oh, well, to there, you that there you go.
0: There you uh... go. So, so, so Penny, there's an offer. There's an offer. Reach uh, out
1: to me, Penny, Peter at Realtair.com. Happy to hear from you.
0: Peter at RealTead.com. Pete, I want to thank you so much again for those of you that want to uh, uh go further, Realtair.com forward slash Tom Panos. Pete, have a great what 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 a year, what a year it's been for um Um, you know, and I've got to and I've got to say it's very clear, it's black and white. You guys are no question about it, the most progressive tech company in Australia for the real estate industry. Um I believe that the gaps got bigger between you and your competitors. And the reason why is your products got better. The reason why your products got better is you listen to the customer when you listen to the customer. And I I get it changes like you can't listen to a customer and there's a change on the day after, you know, tech changes, you know, These, these, uh, these developers and engineers that work away. Um, it's not as easy as editing a document, right? It's, uh, nah.
1: right? Um, we've got 180 people in the, in the company now, Tom, and um, about 80 of those are, are purely involved in in the development side of the product. But yeah, there's a long, always a long roadmap. But the thing about that is, is that, you know, we work through that and look at it from a lens of an agent and and look to prioritize it from that. Because it's not, a, you know, it's not about sort of creating just tech for tech's sake. It's It's about solving real problems. And that's what we're um, that's what we're focused on.
0: Beautiful. Penny, just, just email us back. Uh you can email Pete. You can just uh replay this and 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 watch it. Um uh, it's it's Pete at Yeah, Yep,
1: yeah, Peter at realtear.com.
0: Peter, thank you so much. You working on Saturday or not?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I I've got I think seven, seven or eight auctions, I think. On and I've got some tomorrow night and some on Thursday night. You you've got a few too, Tom.
0: Yes, on Saturday. I I, I generally, I don't do any on weeknights. Pete, can I ask you, um, what are you seeing in the marketplace? I mean, um, um, I'm getting various of the big franchise networks that are telling me that they're getting a higher level of average number of bidders. They're telling me they're getting a higher clearance rate. For me, I normally find, Pete, it's so much dependent on property. You know, like, you know, it's, you know what it's like. A typical yeah. week it can look fantastic because you had 10 houses that were always going to go, and then the following week, the kind of stock you've
1: got um, doesn't hit the spot. What are you seeing overall? Yeah, well, if you look at, um, just take that, uh, I had one on Saturday with 25 registered bidders. I had three other properties with none. Um, so, you know, it is, it's very, very hard to pick. But the one thing I think that is consistent um, is that, you know, it is agents of they've got to adjust. So if it was about adapting to the new market, I think, yeah, it definitely is. Um, I think we're marketers, not valuers. So we've just got to remember that we are the agent in the transaction. We're not the valuer determining what the property's worth. You know, Buyers will decide on that. So I think we're going to be really, really careful with our quoting. There aren't very many investors out there at all that are looking to register to bid. Most of the investors that I meet on a Saturday are the sellers, um, which is a real Concern, um, particularly with all the issues we're having with the low vacancy rate, which, by the way, the REI came out with a figure this morning, actually at one point six percent, which is incredibly low. Um, so that worries me. But I think you know we're 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 brokers in the transaction, Tom. So you know, two or three registered bidders at the moment for a property is is really good, and and an owner needs to know that. You know? I think that the more open, transparent, and honest that we can be with sellers. And even if we've overpriced a property, the quicker that we can realise that and, and and advise the owner of that and give them that education to the market, then the better. Um, because I think sellers who are waiting for the market to improve um, will be unfortunately very um, upset with the outcome of that because I don't see that things are going to improve dramatically in the new year. I think at best we might um, hit a level playing field. Um, but, you know, you and I would know, Tom, like selling in the recession, which we're not in now, but selling in the recession, we still sell properties, right? We still listed properties. Um, it's a market where I think good agents can prosper and some of the the um, the wheat and the chaff is, is certainly spread out and we'll see a lot of people exit the industry. So, so Pete, it's really interesting. And the reason why that happens is
0: that, We're not a cryptocurrency. I mean, nearly every transaction in real estate happens because either the home's too small or it's too big, either someone has passed away, either a couple have decided that they're going separate ways, it's because a family is going to have kids go to a new school so they want to be in that right catchment area. Nearly every transaction that happens in real estate has got a lifestyle a lifestyle contributing factor towards it. Mm, and sorry. that makes no difference in what market, you know. So if you're a good agent, you're actually making money in all the markets, right? Yep. So it makes no difference. Um, but, Pete, I'll just finish off and saying this. I, it was really interesting. I was finishing an auction on Saturday and the owner goes to me, Tom, I can't look you in the... This is the Bendel said to me. We were short of 100 grand, Pete. She goes, I can't look you in the eye and say, I'm going to take this and be happy with it. And the reason why is I would have got 10% more eight months ago. And she goes, she goes, I trust you. I follow you. She goes, am I saying anything that is incorrect? And I looked at her and I said, you're probably right about the 10% but you're not losing 10%. I think what's happening is you made 45% in two and a half years.
1: Mm. That was
0: unjustified. It's now becoming very clear. It could not be substantiated long-term. You're giving back 10 out of the 45%. And she just stared at me and she goes, you know what? I think that number's about right. And I said, here's your worry." if you don't take this now, you might have to give 20% back in May. Mm. You've just got to make this decision. And um, there was a bit of argy-bargy, but she accepted it. But I think people aren't losing money, Pete. It's just it was unrealistic to have a 45% growth in 24 months.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's been, um, well, you think over the last 30-odd years that you and I have been in the business where you've seen Markets like we just have um, off the back of a, you know, a major thing like COVID. But yeah, I I must admit though, I'm actually spending more time during the week calling vendors um, on behalf of agents in preparation for that Saturday auction, because there are some sellers just like that seller that you mentioned that, that just look at it with very different set of eyes that forget about the amazing growth that they've had. Um, And if you're good enough to pick the top of the market and sell, and you're good enough to pick the bottom of the market and buy, um, well, good luck to you. It's not, it's, it's definitely not good management. It's bloody good luck because you only ever know that you're you're finished at the top when you're on your way down. You only ever know you're on your way up when you're past it. So um, I think the great thing about the business that we're in that's sustainable is exactly what you said before, Tom, is that you know, it doesn't matter what the market is, people have got a reason to buy and sell real estate. And we've as long as we've got those relationships and we we nurture those as we've been talking about, then we're in a good position to be able to you know, have a sustainable living. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have been impacted much more significantly than agents, um, but we're very fortunate, I think, that irrespective of that market is that we can we can still, you know, provide great service and all the rest of it, but still earn a pretty decent living along the way too. All right. Well said, Peter. Merry Christmas to you and the Thank You too, mate. Team.
0: And yep. uh, to all our listeners and viewers, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great year. Uh, have a great rest of the year, and we'll see you next year. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Thanks, Tom. Cheers.